0: welcome to my library. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, I had a pretty good week. I thought it was going to be crazy, but it actually wasn't that bad. And I got a three-day weekend. So that was really nice to spend some time reading and with our friends and to do my own thing. Will has been cooking a lot of Asian and Japanese inspired dishes and they have been literally so good. Will is such a good cook. I'm very lucky I married someone who loves to cook and try new recipes. I haven't really cooked in a very long time and it's been really nice. One thing I was really stressed out about when I first got married was the cooking. I didn't know how to make meals, and I was stressed about the thought of having to cook every single day for the rest of my life. But that has not been the case, and it's been so nice to have Will cook for me every day. (laughs) Um, So thanks, Will. Um, I have been busy finishing the Addicted slash Callaway Sisters series by Krista and Becca Ritchie. I say this all the time, but this it really is such an amazing series. I have loved these books. Every single book has been amazing. Every single page has been great. Um, it had an, a beautiful ending to the whole series. It wrapped up so good. Um, I have been reading these books since March and so that's taken up most of my reading year. It was ten books thousands of pages, and I've loved every single one. I'm so happy I stepped out of my comfort zone and read them and just decided to, like, read something that I wouldn't have really wanted to read had I not really, like, known what it was about or, like, trusted that it was good. Um, but, yeah I will treasure these books forever and I'm just so glad that I had the opportunity to read them. I'm trying to convince my friends to start a book club with me but I don't think it's gonna happen. I was trying to convince them to read Throne of Glass because it would be like a great book series for all of us to get into but it's not gonna happen. Which is fine. I just really wish I had a friend in real life that I could talk about books with and get excited about and what I, whatever. But say la vie. I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon, at least. Um, but anyways, I just finished the last book in the Calloway sisters, um, and I'm currently reading Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I have just started it, so I can't say much about it yet, but um, I am enjoying it so far, the bit that I have read. Um, Every Taylor Jenkins Reed book that I've read have been my favorites. They have been five stars, she's just amazing, she's an amazing author, so I have no doubt that this will be one of them, and it's really cool because it's written like different people are giving an interview for a documentary about this like band from the 70s that was really huge and um if you they say you listen to the audiobook it just sounds like a podcast documentary about this band from the 70s and I love that I think that's so creative and unique Taylor Jenkins Reid is a genius, and I would read her grocery list. Um, There is nothing I wouldn't read by her, so yeah, love it. Um, Okay, so on to today's episode. I have put together a list of 10 historical fiction novels that I think everyone should read at least once in their life. Historical fiction is definitely an underrated genre because it's a great way to learn about history in an interesting and engaging way that has um, to do with important events that led to us today and our society today. Um, I love that we've been able to find more creative ways to learn about history And I think it's just great that, like, you think, oh my goodness, like, let me write a book about this time period, but put my own perspective and characters on it to kind of tell it in a creative way that engages readers, but also teaches them about what it was actually like, might have been like living in this time period. And I think that's an amazing way to learn. Um, I learned a lot from historical fiction books. Um, I love history in general. Like, that's just my niche, but I think it's great that people have been able to creatively write books about it so that we can learn. Um, I, I think, you know, it's important to learn history because history does tend to repeat itself and if we aren't careful or if we are ignorant to how our ancestors lived it's so easy for patterns to start forming and keep happening and um our ancestors you know they have lived through these events they've told stories that have been passed down through generations and i'm sure that they wouldn't want us to go through the same things that they had to endure you know i'm sure that's last thing that they want for us so yeah here are some books to help you learn and also entertain you the first book i have for you is we are not free by tracy chi this book is set in america during world war ii um it's centered around a close knit group of 14 young um, second-generation Japanese Americans growing up in Japantown, San Francisco, California. They are dealing with racism and ultimately, after the attack on Pearl Harbor, a lot of discrimination. And um, hundreds of thousands of Japanese Americans are moved out of their homes and into incarceration camps. Um, And I didn't know that America did this until I read this book. And it's so crazy to me how, like, America was trying to get ready to move into Germany and start, and then they started seeing actually how the Jews were being treated in these concentration camps in Germany and Poland, and how the Germans were treating just different Europeans in general, if you weren't German, then you weren't good enough, and just their lack of humanity, and then, like, America doing the same thing to its own people just because we were afraid of what, you know, like, it's just crazy how fear drives people, but, um, This goes through the accounts of 14 different teenagers who are trying to make the most of what they have while also trying to honor their families and staying true to themselves and each other, and also thinking about what this means for them and their future. And it's a very powerful and eye-opening story that I think every American should read, and it's just to give a Um, and just to give a little more, I'm going to read the first lines of all of these books because the first line is so important to a book. It sets the tone for the rest of the story and how the book is going to be, and I just think it would be fun. So, the first line of, um, We Are Not Free is, um... It's been over three months since the attack on Pearl Harbor. My oldest brother, Moss, has told me to come straight home from school each day. So that sets the tone for how the rest of the book is going to go and the fear that the Japanese Americans had after this attack happened. Our next book is The Accidental Empress by Allison Pataki. This is about Empress Cece of the Austrian Empire. She was the wife of Emperor Franz Joseph of the Habsburg Empire. They were the most powerful royal family in Europe. In the 1850s, Europe looked a lot different than it does today. And yes, it would later be um, Franz's grandson who would be assassinated and thus kicking off World War I in the 1910s. Um, but this book goes through the perspective of Cece, being married to the most powerful person in Europe at the time, at only 15 years old. She was beloved by her people, and the f- story is very fascinating with how much Cece had to deal with her whole life, being so young, being thrown into this royal court, where she had to learn how to fight for herself and stand up for herself and learn where her place was being an empress, but also being under rule of her husband and his mother. Um, The first line to this book is, Cece crouched low, peering over the wall of brush. This is an interesting first line because it kind of sets the tone of how young Cece really was when she got married and how her innocence was kind of lost from a very young age. And I know back then it was common for young girls to be married at 14, 15, but still, that's that's still really so young. And... To be 15 years old and being the empress of half, like most of Europe was probably just insane and in all the pressures that she had on her at that young age. So that is um, a very interesting first line. The next one is um, Fountains of Silence by Ruta Sepetius. This is a story set in Madrid, Spain in the 1950s. This was during the time Spain was under an oppressive dictatorship of General Francisco Franco. But um, like businessmen, tourists were flocking to the country, none the wiser about what was really going on behind the scenes. And also this dark secret that Spain was hiding from um, these people and even their own people. Um, a, a boy, it's centered th- through different perspectives, but mainly the perspectives are from this teenager, this 18-year-old Daniel, who comes to Spain with his parents on a business trip and he hopes to know the country that his mother was born in and then fled, leading to her meeting um, Daniel's father and then having Daniel and Um, So he wants to know more about the country where his mother came from. Um, He starts taking photos of what he sees and finds a darker reality than the government wants him to see. And he ends up getting into a little bit of trouble. Um, And a lot of people are telling him to be careful with these photos because you don't want the government officials to catch you with all of these things because you could get in a lot of trouble. Um, But then he meets a girl named Anna who works in the hotel that Daniel is staying, and she sees, she finds hope in the darkness as she notices Daniel um, taking these photos and kind of seeing the layer beneath all of the pretty glitz and glam, kind of the dirt underneath. Um, But this book is so powerful because of the way that it's written, and it's in such an interesting way from multiple people's point of views of different people finding out different secrets and you as the reader having to find out what like what's really going on. And it's just crazy that like I had no idea that Spain had a dictatorship in the 1950s. Um, the world like makes it seem like after World War II ended like everyone's problems went away there was no more dictatorships or like tyrannical rule or like anything like that but then like stuff like this was happening in Spain and like stuff was happening in Russia and it's crazy that I just you don't know what's really going on um but yeah it's this book is so informative and well written and it's written in a unique way that had me confused for a while but then I Like, I got the hang of it, and I got into it, and I started to understand why it was written in that certain way. Um, but yeah, Rudis Sepetis is just an amazing author. I love all of her books. Um, but the first line to this book is, they stand in line for blood. Um, I'll read the next one, too. June's early sun blooms across a string of women, waiting patiently at L... maradero um, I think that this sets an interesting tone. They're waiting in line for blood sausage, as they say in the next line after that. And that kind of tells me that, you know, there's some kind of like ration ration cards that they have. So the government is controlling how much food that they can get. So yeah. Um, interesting. Very good read. Um This next book is one of my favorite historical fiction novels ever. It was so well written, descriptive, and really heartbreaking. It is The Nightingale by Christine Hanna. Um, This book is set in France during World War II after Nazi Germany invaded and took Paris and then France was split into, like, Nazi Germany occupied France in the north, and then the puppet government system in the south. Um, so yeah, there's there's two types of like France that were split. Um, but basically, this book is really powerful because it's told um, kind of about the women's side of the war. And it's about two sisters specifically who are far apart in age and experiences, and they have different ideas on how to survive the war. Um, One sister is trying to protect her children by laying low and doing what she needs to do while her husband is out there somewhere she doesn't know. And then her house is taken over by a German officer who she has to be careful of. Um And then her sister wants to fight in the war with the men, but because she's a woman, she can't. So she starts finding her own ways to um, do what she can and help the war effort and help free France from Germany. And their lives, you know, kind of come apart and come back together as certain things happen and, Um, a lot of life-changing experiences happen for these two women. The, the main, like, story is just so powerful, and, um, you know, I just thought this book was great. It's really, um, big. This is a thick book. It's a lot, but it's so good, and it's going to be a movie soon, so that'll be great to watch. Can't wait for that to come out. Um, The first line to The Nightingale is, If I have learned anything in this long life of mine, it is this. In love, we find out who we want to be. In war, we find out who we are. So, there's that. Very powerful. The next book is Another One by Ruta Sepetis. It is the first book that I ever read by her, and I loved it. Um it's called Out of the Easy. It's set in fr- the French Quarter in New Orleans in the 1940s. And the story is about Josie, who's a young girl and is known by the locals as the daughter of like a brothel prostitute. Josie wants more out of life than following in her mother's footsteps. She's smart, she's intelligent. She lives in a bookstore. She helps run the bookstore during the day and she wants so desperately to get out of New Orleans, but then a mysterious death leaves her caught in the middle of this investigation and her loyalties and her conscience and her fears are all hanging in the balance as she has to figure out what she really wants out of life and how far she's willing to go and the kind of sacrifices that she needs to choose whether or not she wants to like commit these sacrifices or just leave them behind. And um this book it was so good and there's some twists that were very unexpected at the end. I just love Josie trying to figure out who she wanted to become and I really like I really liked reading about her drive and her determination to be who she wanted to be, no matter what the cost was going to be. And, um, yeah, I thought it was so powerful. And um, it definitely, you know, helped me in my um, own life. Thinking about Josie, kind of like, it. The, this book has stuck with me. Like, no matter what your circumstances are, there's always something you can do to get out of that and into where you want to be you only have this little life like what do you want to do and so yeah um the first line too out of the easy is my mother's a prostitute let me (laughs) read the next two lines because they're so short um my mom's a prostitute not a the filthy street walking kind she's actually quite pretty fairly well spoken, and has lovely clothes. That sets the tone for quite an interesting book. She admires her mother, she loves her mother, but still, she doesn't want to become a sex worker like her. She wants more out of life than what her mother has gotten out of life. Um, so yeah, powerful book. This next book is a Greek mythology called Circe by Madeline Miller. Madeline Miller also wrote The Song of Achilles, which is one of my favorite books ever, but I wanted to talk about Circe because she doesn't get enough hype and her story is really interesting and really cool, actually. Um, so Circe is the goddess of magic. She had an extensive knowledge of herbs and potions. She's also known as, like, the goddess of witchcraft. Um... She was the daughter of the sun god Helios, and um, her mother was a naiad, kind of like a nymph. They were like goddesses, but not quite. They're like a step or two below a goddess level. Um, but she was most known for her appearance in the Odyssey, written by Homer. Um, She found her power by turning one of her cousins, I think, into a monster on accident. And then she was banished by Zeus to live on an island for the rest of eternity where she would be alone. And she was visited by many people, um, one of them being Odysseus from the Odyssey. And um, it's about her life about her um, finding her power and getting over her um, childhood and her just being alive for thousands of years by herself on this island and coming into her own power and then um, how she was able to overcome like tragedies and stuff like that um, I think it's a really interesting read. It's definitely a slower book because she's on an island for thousands of years, and that's where we see most of her. But she leaves a couple times, um, when she gets like some permission and whatnot. But anyway, um, I think it's just a really beautifully. Um, written book. Madeline Miller is a great author. She has such beautiful writing and so I love also like the take that she has on um, this women in Greek mythology because you know women in Greek mythology like you did not want to be those women at all. You were not known as a person. You were known as just this vessel for sex and so seeing Cersei in a different life um was really cool and I liked it and I would love to read more about that sort of stuff women being empowered in Greek mythology instead of what they normally are <laughs> anyways the first line in Circe is when I was born the name for what I was did not exist because, um, it, this line is important because she was not quite a nymph, like her family, but she wasn't a full goddess because her mother wasn't. So, like, the question is, like, what was she really? Like, she was really, like, her own type of thing. Um, but you'll have to read to see. The next book I is one of my favorites, and I've mentioned it before, it's just such a unique and interesting read and such a different take on something like this. Um, but it's Lovely War by Julie Berry. This is set in World War I and II, and it's told by different Greek gods and goddesses. There's Aphrodite, there's Ares, um, the god of war, um, Aphrodite is the goddess of love. Um, there's Hades, or Hades, the god of, the god of death, and then, I'm gonna butcher this, I, th- I tried to practice saying this, but I can't, Hephaestus, have oh my gosh, Hephaestus, I don't remember who the he is, the god of something, I can't remember, anyways, but they all kind of tell two love stories in this book. Um, as they're trying to answer, like, this question. Um, But one couple, they meet um, in their small town, but then the young man is sent to war in France. And this kind of changes the trajectory of their lives and how it sets the tone for the rest of the story. And then another couple who meets while the young woman... Um, is in France. Oh, okay, sorry, this is confusing. Okay, so there's the one couple. They fall in love. He goes to France. There's another couple. The girl is already in France. She works for the Red Cross. She meets a African-American unit of soldiers. She meets this man who's in this unit of soldiers, and... They fall in love, but their love is forbidden because she's white and he's black. And um, there's a lot of trials that come with that. And she seeks um, solace in her friend whose um, guy, like boyfriend, is away also, which is the other couple. Um, but anyways, there's the, there, there's a lot of trials that come... It has to deal with war and love and the Greek gods are trying to ask the question of why are love and war eternally drawn to one another and the first line of this book is, it is early evening in the lobby of an elegant Manhattan hotel. So yeah, it's an interesting book where the Greek Aphrodite is telling this story and trying to get the perspectives of her peers and just these four lives that are kind of in these these gods' hands. And yeah, it's great. I loved it. I feel like I butchered that whole thing, but you know, it's okay. Um, This next book is one where you'll need some tissues. And I can't believe I waited so long to read it, but I'm so glad I finally did. Um, it was amazing. It is The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini, um, set in Afghanistan about a young wealthy boy and his servant's son. They are best friends, Amir and his friend Hassan, they are determined to it's a did I say it's set in Afghanistan it's yeah okay so there's this kite fighting tournament that happens every year and this year Hassan and Amir are determined to win the tournament but something tragic happens to Hassan that afternoon and Amir is kind of left with this feeling of superiority and pride, but also that forms into regret as he grows older. Russians begin to invade Afghanistan, so Amir and his father are forced to flee the country, and they leave Hassan and his father behind. Amir is filled with regret, and that prods at him every single day, and then one day he returns to... Afghanistan in hope for redemption which is something that he might not even get anymore this book was really powerful and important and I think that it's one that everyone should read um, especially with you know everyone's feelings about Afghanistan and you know the Taliban um, and all of that stuff I just think it's important to be reminded that these people are people and that this book is actually so good and humanizes a lot of these ideas and beliefs that they have and just the story about friendship, betrayal, redemption, and regret. Um, the first line to this book is, I became what I am today at the age of 12 on a frigid overcast day in the winter of 1975. Which I think foreshadows the regret that is waiting to happen in the story about what happens to Hassan. So, yeah. The next one is another book written by Rudis (laughs) Petties. This is the last one. She's just an amazing author of historical fiction really like if you want a good historical fiction book read one by Ruta Sepetys um she's amazing this one is called Salt to the Sea and it is set in a war-torn war-torn Europe in winter of 1945 about four different teenagers and they all have their secrets Each teen was born in a different homeland. They are all trying to get to the coast in the middle of Soviet advances everywhere. Thousands of refugees are trying to aboard the Wilhelm Gustloff, which which was a ship that promised um, safety and escape to people who were able to get on board. And so these four teenagers, they come together to get where they need to go. And then unlikely friendships form as they're all dealing with their own secrets, their own guilt, their own tragic past, trying to escape and hide and just get to safety. Um, The first line to this book is guilt is a hunter and I'll read the second one too so guilt is a hunter my conscience mocked me picking fights like a petulant child that is the first line first two lines I should say and if you want to get a good idea on why this specific person feels guilty I would read Rudis Sepetti's other book between shades of grey because these two books are set in the same, like, universe, kind of. Um, But this one was so good. Definitely have your tissues ready for this one, too. But this book is, it's easy to read, short chapters, and it just goes through these four teenagers um, trying to survive as they deal with their own secrets. And they kind of need one another, even though they might not like one another. They need one another to survive, so... Yeah, it's great. Okay, the last book, and I love this one so much. Well, I love all these books so much. But this one was one of the books that got me into historical fiction, and plus the movie is absolutely amazing. It's called The Help by Kathryn Stockett. This is a book set in 1962, in Jackson, Mississippi. Abilene is a black maid, and she's raising her 17th white child. She has lived her life as quietly as possible, just trying to get through each baby that she's raised, just trying to survive in her own way. And her best friend, Minnie, who has a harder time holding her tongue, and have they have both been given this opportunity to help write a book anonymously, to give an oral account about what it's really like living as a black woman black maid, and taking care of white families. Skeeter, a white woman who's unmarried, just came back from college and wants to be a journalist. She has this idea to write this book about what it's like for this black community. And so she gets Abilene and Minnie and the rest of their friends and family to Give oral accounts that she writes down to create a book um, that flips their small community upside down as the book becomes a bestseller. The first line to this is May Mobley was born on early Sunday morning in August 1960. I'm sorry about my cats, they're just crazy right now. I think they're playing with a bag. This is a good first sentence because it's this white baby that Aveline was tasked to basically raise and, you know, that was what her life was, was these, were these babies um, that she had to raise on her own while somebody else was raising, raising her son back home. And so, yeah, this book is so good. It's funny um, there's some great iconic moments in this book. I'm sure if you've read it, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I love um, the help so much. But um, yeah, there you have it. Ten historical book recommendations for you. These books are so important. They're near to, and dear to my heart. And I love that I was able to share with you these books if you read them let me know. If you have read them, let me know what you thought. Um, we could talk about it. Um, but yeah, I. this is it for this episode. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for coming to my library.